0: Begin reading with verse 13. But the angel said unto him, Fear not, Zacharias, for thy prayer is heard, and thy wife Elizabeth shall bear thee a son, and thou shalt call his name John, and thou shalt have joy and gladness, and many shall rejoice at his birth, for he shall be great in the sight of the Lord and shall drink neither wine nor strong drink and he shall be filled with the holy ghost even from his mother's womb and many of the children of israel shall he turn to the lord their god and he shall go before him in the spirit and power of elias to turn everybody say to turn to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children And the disobedient to the wisdom of the just, to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. And Zacharias said unto the angel, Whereby shall I know this? For I am an old man, and my wife well stricken in years. And the angel answering said unto him, I am Gabriel, that stand in the presence of God, and am sent to speak unto thee, and to show thee these glad tidings. And behold, thou shalt be dumb, not able to speak, until the day that these things shall be performed. Because thou believest not my words, which shall be fulfilled in their season. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your presence, your anointing. We thank you for your word. Now anoint our ears to hear what the Spirit would say to us, God, that we leave here challenged and imparted. God, and endued with your spirit, wisdom, and knowledge, and the grace to perform every task that you wish to perform in our lives for the glory of God the Father. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen. Amen. You may be seated. We find here in verses 16 and 17, "And and, And many of the children of Israel shall he turn to the Lord their God, and he shall go before him in the spirit and power of Elias, to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the disobedience to the wisdom of the just to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. There's a turning, there's a shifting here. We find here that Zacharias is at a turning point. In fact, I'm going to share with you this morning on a thought, pivot points. This is definitely a pivot point. In verse 13 we begin, this is the, God's response via the angel of the Lord to Zacharias. For thy prayer is heard. Thy wife Elizabeth shall bear thee a son, and thou shalt call his name John. We skip down to verse 18. And Zechariah said to the angel, How shall I know this? For I'm an old man, and my wife is well stricken in years. How many of you are aware that he did not go to marriage counseling prior to that statement, but he did have to go after that statement? You don't call your wife well stricken in years. Even it's to an angel of the Lord. Amen. She's probably not going to be very pleased. Zacharias is at a turning point. God, how can this be? I'm old and mama's old. It's not happening. This can't happen. And he says, oh, it's going to happen. It's going to be a prophetic thing. It's going to be a Holy Spirit God thing. You're going to encounter this pivot point, and I have positioned you for this pivot point, and all will be well. Not only will all be well, but I will use your son, Zacharias, his name will be John, and he will be the one as a voice crying as a voice in the wilderness, saying, Repent. Repent, for the kingdom of God is at hand. He will set the hearts of the children of Israel, and he will cause the fathers to turn back to their children, and their children turn back to their fathers and in righteousness, and the disobedient will learn to cry out for the wisdom of the just. Not only are you at a turning point, Zacharias, I have set you up for this turning point. I have positioned you. I have prepared you, but God, how could this be? I'm old and mama's old. This can't happen. It's going to happen. Zacharias, are you aware that all of us reach pivot points in our lives? But God can always position us and prepare us if we will embrace the God-sized moments that he sends our way. This word pivot, in the noun form, it means the central point or a pin. Or a shaft on which a mechanism turns or oscillates. Much like the primary pin of a clock. The hour hand and the minute hand will be oscillating and they will be turning and moving. But the pivot point, it's steadfast and true. The verb form of this word pivot means turn on or as if on a pivot. It's to turn on it's to swing around it's a pivoting heel to rotate to turn to revolve to spin to swivel to twirl or to oscillate a pivot point is both a marker of time and of place of where you are all the while simultaneously it's a place that you've set yourself for a new direction a new movement or a new function to accomplish a task. A pivot point is where you evaluate where you are, synchronize all of your resources to obtain the best possible outcome given your current status. It's much like in basketball. Uh, One can dribble, but once you pick up your dribble, you're only allowed to move uh, uh, one foot, your pivot foot, Has to stay anchored at the place and time that you stop dribbling the ball. So as long as I'm active, I can move around in the game of basketball. My feet can move as long as I'm dribbling. I have some basketball people in here, don't I? Y'all know I have a few. I have more than I have more than a few. Ed, I know you played some basketball on the day. You got some wounds and scars to prove it, right? So as, as long as you're bouncing the ball and as long as that activity is happening, you can move. But the moment you stop dribbling, then you have to plant where you are. Oh, that's a message right there that I could use a great analogy for, but I, but I, I won't yet. But there's a pivot point that you stop. You can move one foot and you can turn and you can oscillate, but your pivot point, Foot has to stay where you stopped dribbling the ball. That's called your, your pivot foot. You can change directions. You can get around a defender. You can find someone to pass to. You can find a way to an angle to shoot the ball to score the goal. But your pivot foot has to stay the same. We have to learn how to utilize our pivot foot. If you move your pivot foot from off its axis you are found in violation. The whistle blows and a penalty is called, and you are called traveling or walking or, or or perhaps maybe even if you dribble again, a double dribble, but a violation ensues. Once you lift that pivot foot completely, you're in the violation. There are several pivot points in our lives, many of which we look forward to, and perhaps maybe a few of them we even dread. For example, I remember looking forward to going to school and getting to be a big boy, going to kindergarten. Oh, I thought that was fun. You can tell how unlearned we we were, right? when we were excited about starting kindergarten. Then the next uh, next pivot point you fit you, once you realize that you've started school, you can't wait to finish school. Then uh, when you're in school, you can't wait to obtain your own driver's license. you want to be able to drive your own car. then you want to be able to get your own car and you want to get your first job where you advance from being a dependent to interdependence oh and then i remember being young and hoping and waiting for that pivot point lord i i want you to come back and and i'm cool with the rapture and i'm ready to go to heaven but please don't let the trumpet sound before i get married anybody else remember growing up in those kind of churches Oh, I, I believe that the Lord was coming back so quick and fast, I wasn't going to get to do anything before the Lord came back. Wasn't going to get to drive, wasn't going to get have a driver's license, wasn't going to get married, wouldn't ever be able to have a kid because the Lord was coming back so quick. I was born too late for those things to happen in my life. Oh, we, we look forward to those pivot points. Sometimes it's starting our first business, or maybe it's getting that college degree, or maybe it's finding that career or lifetime, once-in-a-lifetime type of job. Maybe it's buying your first house or buying your first new car. Maybe it's having that, that first child. But there are, there are many re-evaluation periods in life where priorities are reorganized, reshuffled, and re-examined, and reset. These are pivot points within our lives. There are others that are, that are often not so pleasant, but God can use those pivot points as well. In fact, He wants to use those. Remember the, the first bad consequences of a bad relationship? Oh, I remember some of those, both my own. But, but, but most recently as a, as, as a, you know, a parent, uh, the, the, those relationships your kids get in and you have to pray them out of your kids' lives. And, you, and your daughter, your son comes home and they're weepy and they're moping and they're crying and you ask them what's wrong and they say nothing but you know something's devastatingly wrong. And they're upset and then they, the words come out, well, we broke up. glory hallelujah now you can't do that on the outside on the outside, you just grab them and you hold them and you love them and you just oh, you just tell them how beautiful or how handsome they are and how wonderful they're great and they didn't deserve you and they weren't good enough for you and all that. On on the inside, you man you're doing a Jericho march. You so glad that you so glad that wall found down. I mean man you were just having yourself a time. There's some pivot points in all of our lives. Maybe it's a breakup or even in our lives there's some there's some things that happen that are pivot points that can be God moments, but if we're not prepared for the pivot, it can take us by storm. Maybe it's a breakup or worse. Maybe it's even a divorce. Maybe it's an accident. Maybe it's a bad medical diagnosis. Maybe it's a life-altering situation where it's in or out of your control. Maybe it's the passing of a parent or a close loved one. Maybe it's the end of one chapter And while you're facing a new and uncertain beginning, you really don't feel prepared for the pivot that has come your way. You can have that choice in that moment to become better or to become bitter. There are many different scenarios that we are presented with that are pivot points. As of individual, as a family, as a church, as an organization, we must look to see how God wants us to handle our life's pivot points. I believe that all of them are different. There were several points in the pivot points in the life of Christ. Let's reflect on just a few of them. Remember one of his most significant ones was Jesus was born in Bethlehem, but he was be, he was to be raised in Nazareth. But the wicked king Herod had issued a decree that all of the babies under the age of 2 shall die. This was his attempt to assassinate and annihilate this promise and hope and prophecy of the coming Messiah. So Jesus and Mary and Joseph had to wait there in Bethlehem before they could go back to Nazareth there until, the, until that two-year period was up. So at the age of two, maybe two and a half years old, Jesus has a pivot moment in his life. And he moves, and now he's no longer living in Bethlehem, but now he is in Nazareth. He's had a transition. He's had a, an adjustment. Uh, at Nazareth, he's, then he's growing up and at the age of 12, the scripture records him he's there in Nazareth and he's teaching in the temple he's launching his ministry and they're, they're at the wedding where his mother, you know, he asks him, hey Jesus can you do that thing you do? you, you know that water and the wine thing you know? why don't you go ahead and do that one, that's a cool one and he's like, no mama, my time has not come that's, that's father's business, I can't do that oh please Jesus, please just, please just just do that little thing you do, just just show him how cool you are show him how you can do that So Jesus does it. That's a pivot point. He first told his mother no, but he finally gave in and and he launches his ministry, selecting his disciples, picking out which 12 would be charged with the endowment of power and the responsibility and the weightiness of establishing the new covenant church, the New Testament church. When he was beginning his teaching ministry, that was a pivot point. Healing the sick and the lame and the deaf and the blind and setting free the demon-possessed and going before Pontius Pilate was another pivot point. Being whipped and mutilated, yet another one. Carrying the cross down the Via Della Rosa only to have a man named Simon the Serene have to pick up his own cross and help Jesus carry it up to Galgotha's Hill, there's pivot points in your life where we are faced with changes. Some of them we are prepared for, many of them we are not. But the Word of God teaches us, just as it did with Zacharias, that God wants us to be prepared for things to change. It's real quiet in here. All right, let me get the rest of you. God wants us to be prepared for pivot points in our life. How me know that none of our lives are exactly the way we drew them up to be. Right? Because when I get to heaven, I'm going to be 6'4", tall, dark, and handsome. I would have never drawn life up to be this for me. I would have had a different idea, but God has his hand on my life. And I'm ready for the greatest pivot point moment of all times when the trumpet sounds uh, and my name is going to be called. I know my name's in the book. It's already written in the Lamb's Book of Life. I've already reached that pivot point, made the right answer, made the right choice, and made my decision, sure. But there's other nuances that God wants to do in me, through me, for me, and by me that I have to be prepared handle now I have learned something about Carter County Tennessee and that is something that even from city administrators to spiritual leadership this county is not in favor of change it does not like change in fact we could probably rewind the photo booth of Carter County 10 years and virtually everything would be the same I don't know when Walmart moved from big lots to the new Walmart. But maybe in the 10 years, maybe not. But basically everything is the same. Why? Because there are things about pivot points that we don't like unless we are the one that initiate the inertia to begin the pivot. So we have resistance. I promise you pivot points will happen in our lives whether we ask for them or we do not ask for them. Let me give you a great revelation. The whole world is travailing with a pivot point called coronavirus. The whole world is about to lose its ever-loving mind. Its economy is suffering, and everyone is looking for a sound voice for wisdom and a calm assurance that all be well. Uh, we're looking to governmental leaders. We're looking to presidents. We're, we're looking for author, uh, authoritarians, and, and we're looking for dictators, and we're looking for diplomacy, and, and we're looking for wisdom beyond, beyond a natural realm to give us great rhyme and reason. Let me give you the greatest rhyme and reason this world is winding up and we are still under the curse of sin but Jesus Christ is about to split the eastern skies and the trumpet's about to blow and we're about to be raptured out of this place. In the meantime in this pivot point the body of Christ needs to wake up and know the hour that God has prepared us for such a time of this. Now, we didn't ask for this pivot point, but since this pivot point is here, why don't we go ahead and make the right adjustment instead of the wrong adjustment? Let's make sure we don't miss the moment God has prepared for us. Zacharias could have gone back to Mama, and they could have gone said, I don't know what angel appeared unto you, but in the name of Jesus, that's not happening to me. They responded appropriately, To the pivot point because that was the cry and prayer of their heart for a son. What is it that you're believing God for that you feel you don't have? Can I remind you? This might be the very avenue that God wants to use to bring you into the greater sense of destiny. What you think was a setback might be just a pivot point to get you set in the direction that He's always wanted you to go. You would have taken the risk by yourself, but God has used the pressing and the pushing of the framework of constraints and reevaluating and reassessing to bring us to this season so we can say just like Jesus did in the garden nevertheless not my will be done but thy will be done in my life it's a pivot point and it's how we handle it determines our level of success jesus had to have help carrying his own cross it's amazing of all of the stories and the uh, of all of the possibilities that could have ever been crafted in scripture That we find that even the only begotten of God the Father, while he was in process to completing his purpose, falls underneath the weight of the burden of his cross and has to have help. You know what that reminds me of? It reminds me that I don't have to feel weak. That I don't have to feel shame. I don't have to feel frail and inept and ill-equipped. That if the very Son of God, who is 100% deity and yet 100% man, needed the help of one another's, of uh, uh, someone else, uh, then I too, it's okay that I call out for help. Uh, I can't get to where God wants me to go without you. Uh, and guess what? You can't get to where God wants you to go without me. Me. we're in this thing together I need you and you need me the body of Christ we need one another to carry one another's burdens there might be a pivot point where you have reached the brink of all you can do but can I remind you just like with Zacharias and Elizabeth for years they had done all they can do but when God steps in at a pivot point anything can happen miracles can happen earth shaking things can happen to change not only your world but the world around you If you believe that, can you give the Lord praise right there? Even Jesus, God's own son, had to have Simon the serene help him carry that burden up Golgotha's hill. It's okay to need somebody. It's okay to need a little bit of encouragement. It's okay to understand that what God has called you to do is bigger than you and you can't handle it all by yourself. You were never meant to handle it all by yourself. Because it's God's ministry. God just wants you to be faithful to do what you can do. Then He steps in and provides the other resources to do what you cannot do. That's how and why He gets the glory and we don't get to share any of it. Because it's all Him. Amen? That's how He works. One of the primary pivot points in the life of a believer is discovering how to cohesively work within the plan of God through the family of God. And work through the pivot points together. There, there, there's let, let me just let me just get preachery just just a minute. Uh, here, here's here, here's a little quick soapbox, but it don't, it don't last long, I promise. Or at least it didn't first service. Maybe it won't last this long. If y'all be nice and smile and amen me, it'll be really quick. There we go. There's too much division within the body of Christ. Thank you. I felt good. Just some, just made me feel better. I'm gonna say it again. There's too much division in the body of Christ. When people begin to try to pivot, if someone gets in their way, uh, they they, they, they get intimidated. They get fearful. They suddenly feel, uh, well, God is calling me somewhere else. Well, maybe and maybe not. Maybe God just, he don't want to change everything. He just wants you to pivot and make a small adjustment. But if we're so rigid and we have to do our Christian journey our way, let me tell you, you're going to get frustrated with God. And if you don't own your own, the devil will make sure that you do. Because he's the accuser of the brethren and he would love nothing better than you to give up hope that Jesus is working all things for your good. Yes, he will. He'll attack your mind. He will use fear. He'll use circumstance and he'll use pivot points and bring them as a negative when God sent them as a positive. Can you imagine what what, what he did? He did it in Zacharias. Zacharias uh, said, God, how can this be? Because I'm old and Mama's even older. It's not happening. What did the Spirit of the Lord do? Made him mute. Could not even talk until the baby was born. And the baby cried. Couldn't talk for a few months. Now, some of you women would love that. But daddy couldn't even talk until the baby was born because he did not believe. Do you notice the principle that when at pivot points, and God gives us a promise, when we balk, when we refute, when we don't receive the pivot points of God, we can left, be left with no voice. I'm just going to let that settle in the room just a minute. We can be left with no voice. You know what that means? Oh, you, you might be making some noise, but you have no voice. You're not being heard. The only thing you're being heard by is the negative spirit that tried to get you to, to go against the grain of the pivot point that God was setting you up for. Zacharias was given being answered a prayer, a miracle prayer. He was going to be given a son, and not only a decent son, but a great son that's going to turn the hearts of all of Israel back to God. But because he wasn't ready for his pivot point, he missed his moment, and he spent nine months in silence. Pivot points come to all of us. They come to churches. They come to companies. They come to organizations. There's, uh, I, I was listening to something the other day, an interview of uh, about several different. Companies and how they've had to adjust, uh, sending home, uh, workers to go at home. I was talking to my son just this week. He works for Renewal by Anderson. Um, I won't tell you where he's based out of because this is going out. But they had a record sales month. They hit 2 million in sales in one month because their salesmen are working at home. They're not traveling going door to door and, and going and trying to convince someone to buy. They're just sitting at home on the Internet, contacting people, and sales have jumped astronomically because they're not out wasting time on the road. They're actually sitting in front of a computer with time being accounted for, and they're getting sales done, and sales have gone through the roof, even in this in this time. Productivity has shot through the roof, so much so that the company has decided even when they open this thing up, we're not going back to the old way. Guess what? They have a new normal because they've understood Understood a pivot came and they've been able to readjust and now they have a new trajectory. Now their plans of sales and their, their their plans of progress and development and research and development are now positively going to the roof, not negatively. They're not looking to go into bankruptcy. They're looking hey man, this is the answer. Why and how did we not see this before? Can I tell you, I'm believing God's wanting a new normal. I don't want to go back. I just wish everything get back to normal. Not me. I don't want to go back to normal. I want to pivot. I want to make an adjustment. I I want to be a new man I want to be a new leader I want to have a new heart I want to have a new attitude I'm hoping our city will become new I'm hoping some people will actually take a bath and put some clothes on before they go to the store I don't know who in the world in America put a sign it must have been Sam Walton it's in fine print somewhere you don't have to wear clothes to come to my store pajamas will do anybody know what I'm talking about Put some clothes on for the love of God. Have some self-dignity. You don't have to be fancy. You can even go in there dirty. If you've been mowing the yard and you've got to go get something for your lawnmower, that's fine. But you can have some self-dignity. I don't want to go back to normal. I want to have a pivot and say, no, I'm a child of God. I represent Him. I'm an ambassador for the kingdom. I want to do everything with excellence and my heart be for Him to give Him glory. It's just too much dissension Because when a pastor announces a pivot point People think it's their option to refute and reject the pivot point That God gave the man of God to direct the people of God to do And so we pack up our toys and we go home And we start some other will not pivot churches Like we don't have enough already That wasn't in the first service. Sorry. There's too much division and dissension. If it's not our pivot, then well, we don't like the pivot. But if it's God's pivot, you got to go with it. I mean, know that we'll all reach a place. We all reach times and seasons where things happen to our life. Some of them we are in control of. Some of them are a result of our own consequences or the consequences of our actions. Some we have absolutely nothing to do with it. But just because God sends a pivot doesn't mean that God is absent. Maybe there's something within us and within you. He wants to cultivate, to make new, and to expand and show you a brand new way. Pivots aren't always bad. It's whether you choose to be better or bitter, as the outcome that makes.